You know, the, so the first song we sang was by this guy, Ben Rector, who has a way crazier voice than I do. And so when you try to be Ben Rector and Ben Gehring twice in the same weekend, you don't have a lot of voice left. I just learned that. This is actually real life application. So um, my voice is tired, but we're going to give it a go. You guys sounded awesome during worship. Last night was over the moon. Today was awesome. So um, that's what I love. I love worship so much, and I love uh, what, it, what it does. It does prepare this, this part of it, and that's the whole point, is to um, surrender your heart and posture your soul in a way that, um, that you're open to hearing and receiving the word and the encouragement that God has for you. So, um, so anyways... I have a tendency to jump right into business, and I usually say things like, we'll be nice in heaven, let's get down to business, but I'm trying to get better at that. So my name is Quint, my wife Erin's in like row four. Uh, we're from Bemis, we have a son, and uh, we came on the scene here at Conduit about 18 months ago. Absolutely love it, love doing ministry, and um, yeah, so anyways, there's my little therapy session that you got to sit in on. Um, so if you're taking notes, point number one would be this probably will not last an hour. Just going to throw that out there right now. Um, I give Ben and Corey a lot of credit. I said this last night. When you're preparing a message, um, you might be here literally for the first time ever in a church or the first time in a long time. You might not know who Daniel is. He's towards the middle of the Bible. Um, or you might be able to teach me more than I care to learn about Daniel. Like there's both ends of the spectrum. And I had the fortunate privilege of preparing a message that hopefully will reach both of you. And Ben and Corey get to do that every week. So I give them a ton of credit. It is a big job. Um, but I'm going to give it a try and hopefully we, can, um, hopefully we can learn something together today. So some are fun. I'm not going to throw frisbees, but there's a bunch hanging on the back wall. And um, we've had six, seven weeks of learning on trust and conflict, and intimacy, and sex, and relational foundations, um, a whole bunch of really, really good stuff. And so this week, uh, we're going to be talking about the journey. And my tagline on my Frisbee that I'm not going to throw is, when we journey well, we offer hope and encouragement to others. Okay? And so um, if you turn to the book of Daniel, and I didn't look up the page number in our pew Bibles, but Daniel 1 and 2 is where we're going to spend some time this morning. My hope with Daniel is to show you a guy who um, ended up on a journey he did not choose at all. Um, and if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Vinny will hook you up. Um, but he ended up on a journey he did not choose in the most extreme sense of the word, um, but he still journeyed well. And in doing that, he encouraged um, like Ben said, those in front of him and those behind him. He encouraged his Jewish brothers and sisters. He encouraged King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king that had taken him captive. Um, so that's what journeying well does. So let's pray um, that my voice holds out. If my voice cracks, it's not because I'm 14. I'm 29, but it's pretty tired. So, uh, Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for beautiful worship and beautiful people. Um, coming into your house, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, sow into the lost that are right around us, and thank you for Ben being unashamed to, to share that message, and um, we just know and believe right now that need is met, and that that day is going to be awesome, and that you're going to get all the glory, um, but as we dive into these couple chapters and kind of skip around the Bible, I ask that you give me the words to say that these people's hearts would be prepared, and that... Uh, that you would be glorified, that we'd give them some practical application to walk away with today. 
Amen. Okay, Daniel 1. Um, I'm going to, it's like 70 some verses between Daniel 1 and 2, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. But here's the synopsis of the story. Um, the kingdom of Judah, which was the southern kingdom in the land known as Israel, was taken captive by the Babylonians. And um, when they were taken captive, the king of Babylon said to his chief of staff, go get me some good-looking young Jewish guys and we'll raise them up to be leaders in our kingdom. And so he did that. One of them was named Daniel. And then he had three friends, Hananiah, Michelle, he's a dude, and Azariah. And so um, his order was feed them the best meat, feed them my wine, give them the king's menu. And Daniel, in verse 11, chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Daniel appealed to the steward who had been assigned to, assigned to him, um, can we not do this? Can you just test us for 10 days on our simple diet of vegetables and water and then compare us and if, just see what you get? And the steward actually agreed to it. Um, so then if you skip ahead, uh, verse 17, God gave these four young men knowledge and skill in both books and life. In addition, Daniel was gifted in understanding all sorts of visions and dreams. And at the end of the time, set by the king for their training, the head of the royal staff brought them in to Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, skip down to verse 19. They ended up taking their place in the king's service. He was so impressed with how they looked. Whenever the king consulted them on anything, books, life, anything, he found them ten times better than all of his magicians and enchanters in his kingdom. Um, so here you have a guy, like I said, he did not choose this journey. I can confidently say that. Never met him, but I'm pretty sure he did not wake up and say, could I please be taken into captivity today? That was not on his agenda. Um, but in doing that, in this, you know, and maybe you're at a place in your life where you don't feel like you chose where you're at. I can relate with that. I think at some point in your life that will probably happen uh, if it hasn't yet. In that totally negative circumstance where he absolutely could have um, he could have just thrown in the towel. He still put God first. He still, you know, in verse 8, he determined he would not defile his body in the sight of God. Verse 11, he appealed to authority in an honorable way. I think he's from another planet because I have authority issues, but, um, but for real. Um, and then verse 19, in doing that, he was honorable through the whole thing, but in doing that, they end up taking their place in the king's government and being looked to as wise men. And so here's this guy journeying well. He's an underling from a foreign country, and yet the king um, is impressed by him and is looking to him. So skip down to chapter 2. I'm going to paraphrase this one too because it's really long. But here's what happens. King Nebuchadnezzar has a nightmare, a bad dream. And so he calls all of his magicians and he says, I want to know what this dream means. It freaked me out. Um, this is the Quint translation. I want to know what this dream means, so you tell me the dream, and you tell me what it means. And they said, well, dude, the least you could do is hook us up with the dream, and then we'll do our part with the interpretation. He's like, no, you're going to blow a bunch of smoke. You tell me the dream, and you tell it to me. I want to know that you're the real deal. They said, no, that's nuts. No, no king would ever ask that of his magicians. He said, well, I am. You know what? I'm ticked off. Verse 12. It set the king off. He lost his temper and ordered them all killed. So... He has a power trip issue, I guess. But, um, so anyways, if you go to verse 14 and 15, it says Daniel, again, in the wisdom and relying on God as his, as his supply, Daniel wisely took him aside and quietly asked, what's going on? Why all of this all of a sudden? The guy filled him in, and Daniel went to the king, and he just asked for a little bit of time 
so that he could interpret the dream. Daniel went home and he told his three buddies, this is what's going on, pray. Pray to the God of heaven for mercy uh, and that we'll be able to solve this mystery. So that's what they did. Uh, okay, verse 19 through 23, that night the answer to the mystery was given to Daniel in a vision. And this is what I love. Um, it says, Daniel blessed the God of heaven, saying, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He knows all, he does all. And he continues, but as I read that, you know what stuck out to me was, what's the first thing he did? He's in a life or death situation, and he asks for an answer, and he gets the answer, and he didn't run to save his own life, he worshiped. That was his response. His response was, uh, was worship on the front end, God, I really, really need you right now, like really bad. And then as soon as he got the answer, his response was worship and thanks, and then he took care of business. Um, and I was challenged by that because I think that, you know, we live in a society that is so, um, there's just so much happening all the time and we just feel like we ask God for stuff on the way to work or we ask God for stuff whenever and he does it and do we even like thank him? Do we even like remember, oh yeah, I did ask for that and God brought it to fruition and take some time to worship? I sincerely hope your only time of worship is not the 20 minutes we just spent, which were awesome, totally awesome. Um, but I can tell you, and it's not just because I sing, I worship, I try to worship all week. I try to worship over Starbucks coffee, I try to worship over everything, when I'm getting together with somebody, or when I'm, any time, because worship is a lifestyle. And I believe that Daniel lived, the reason Daniel journeyed well was he lived in this intimate relationship um, with God where it was, he, that was his go-to God. That was his go-to relationship for everything. And that's why, um, that's why he even had anything to offer. You know, if we were taking captivity tomorrow, what would we, what would, where would we find our strength? YouTube? That we watched for three hours yesterday? Or our iPhones? You know, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody, but, you know, I wrote down, filling up on filler is so easy in today's society. So there's so much of it. I mean, it's like, it, it's too fast. It's too, everything's getting smaller. The, like, um, the length of a YouTube video has to be under a minute or nobody will watch it. It's just, it's sad. It's really just sad. But filling up on filler is so easy, available, and effortless. But filling up on his word and on his worship, it takes, I wouldn't even call it work, but it does take a conscious choice. But it will actually serve you later. Why did Daniel have anything to offer? It's because he was full. He had something to offer. He was filled up. So let me give you a natural example of, um, of worship in your, in your real life, okay? Let's say it's Saturday night, it's 8.30, kids are in bed. You look at your wife and you say, you all are like, where is this guy going? You look at your wife and you say, babe, you want to make me a sandwich? And she makes you this sandwich. And it's amazing. And you all know I'm not talking about a sandwich right now, right? Okay. So she makes you this sandwich. And when you get done with the sandwich, what do you say? You say, oh my gosh, girl, that meat and cheese ratio, that mayonnaise or Miracle Whip, whatever that was, oh, you praise her for this amazing sandwich, right? We do this all the time. I probably just lost you all for the rest of the day, but I don't care. <laughs> I worked hard on that one, so I was going to get it in there. We do this in our natural lives all of the time. We need to 
spin it over into our spiritual lives and we need to have that same intimate relationship with God where when he does things in our life like he does all the time, we need to immediately praise him and thank him for that, okay? All right, I spent more time on praise than I had planned on, but I am the worship guy, so I guess that's how that works. Um, okay, one of Corey's things he wanted conveyed in this message was a proper view of yourself. Why did Daniel possess a proper view of himself? Because his view came from his relationship with God. It did not come from him. It came from the time that he spent in prayer and the time that he spent in worship. And I would say, um, you know, the study notes from this particular Bible that I'm using, it says that a bunch of years later, the Jewish people were allowed to go back to um, their, where they were taken captive from. And when they got there, all these foreigners had moved in and were living in sin and doing all this crazy stuff. And they felt tempted to assimilate into that. It would have been way, way easy, right? And I think we can relate to that because there's not a piece of entertainment on television that, that says anything about God, right? So it's like we live in a world that completely ignores the biggest part of this whole thing, the creator. Um, so it could be so easy and so tempting to just assimilate into that. But Daniel wrote them this letter that is the book of Daniel, and his example and his integrity gave them, it galvanized them, and it made the difference um, so that they decided that they were going to keep God as their priority, okay? Uh, it says that still today, centuries later, this book shoots adrenaline into the veins of obeying God, and it puts backbone into trusting God. And I'm all about that, because I think we definitely need that um, in the day today. So it's an encouragement for sure. Um, so, you know, he, Corey mentioned progress versus presence. And I had this conversation last night in the parking lot uh, with a friend of mine. So many times, we, another part of our culture is that we get caught up worried about where somebody else is and where we are in relationship to them. And that's not the point. The point is the process that God has you in, on your journey, okay? Daniel, and then his three friends, he wasn't worried about, he didn't look what are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego doing? What are these three guys doing? Because I'm going to base my actions on their actions. He just kept him in the track that God had him in. And by doing that, he actually galvanized those three guys so that they had strength. So it's not a comparison game. It's not a, where's my career compared to their career? Where's my walk compared to their walk? It's just, where's your walk? That's all that matters. That's all we care about here, and that's all that he cares about is, where's your walk right now? What does God have you learning? Um, so progress versus process is what I would call that. It's not about progress. It's about the process that God has you in. Okay. Um, let me give you a preposition. Uh, if you're not into English, I don't know how to define a preposition. But let me give you a word that will change your life. That word is with, W-I-T-H. Um, I'm going to read, I'm reading this book right now, and it's part of one of the chapters, so I'm going to read a little part from that. But the, the whole thing is, when we, were, when we journey with Jesus, by default, those around us will eventually meet Jesus. Because if we're doing our life and our journey with Jesus, they're along for the ride, or he's along for the ride, so they're going to meet him. Um, let me get over here. Okay, so it says, this four-letter preposition changed this guy's view of the kingdom. The idea of coming alongside and working with and being with people as opposed to speaking to them or at them changed everything for him 
and his insights in turn changed me. More than that, Jesus simply calls me to be with him. Being with someone is an entirely different paradigm than speaking at someone. The difference between pushing our own agenda or just living our life determines whether a listen feels like a target or a friend. So if in fact the good news is embedded in us as opposed to a cliche that we spout on occasion, the implications are monumental. So I think that um, what he is saying and what Daniel exemplifies is that um, Daniel, was, Daniel never got in these guys' face and said, this is what you need to do. Even King Nebuchadnezzar, all he did was say, just give me the night to pray this thing over and we'll figure it out. But he didn't force his God on him. But what I love in Daniel 2, 19, no, 2, 28, um, he has interpreted the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar says, um, no, I'm sorry. He says, are, Nebuchadnezzar says, are you sure you can tell me this dream and interpret it for me? And Daniel said, no human could solve this mystery. I don't care who it is. But there is a God in heaven who solves mysteries, and he has solved this one. And he is letting you in on what's going to happen in the days ahead. So even right there, he, he just kicks the, the credit. He's not taking any credit for it. He doesn't want it. So, but here he is, life or death situation, and unashamedly, he's proclaiming his God and and pointing all credit to him. So, let's see how I'm doing on these notes. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I told you this might not last an hour. Um, but I think, that's, you know, I think that's where we need to get. That would absolutely be my goal and my journey, is to repeatedly um, deflect all credit to God. You know, when, when I worship up here, people ask me if I get nervous. I don't, and it's because I'm, just, I'm worshiping just like you. I just have a guitar on. That's it. That's the only difference. So I'm not, it's not a performance. It's just worship. And um, sometimes it's like today my glasses were sliding down my nose and I had to work on that or whatever. Like there are things I have to deal with that you don't, but because um, my hands are down here. Um, but I'm worshiping because I've had a week just like you've had a week. And I'm, I, but I'm positioning my soul um, to recharge so that I can continue to journey well. Okay. Um, all right, let me give you um, some verses that have helped me uh, over the last good bit. You know, if things get hard, where are you going to find your strength? If they get seriously hard, what do you have to lean on? I already made fun of social media and YouTube, but for real, my encouragement would be find some verses, and I'm going to give you some today, and pretty much none of them have you probably ever seen on a coffee cup. So that's a good thing, I think, because those are the ones that we don't even think about. We're just like, oh yeah, I've seen that on mom's coffee cup. So these ones are, are different. Um, but, and I don't know that Daniel had these verses. I don't know how much of the Bible was written and how much of it he had access to, but he definitely had that relationship so that the truths in him and the principles in him exuded out of him. So uh, the first one would be Proverbs 19.21. I'll let you write that down. Many are the plans of man, but the Lord's purpose, that will stand. Um, we have all sorts of ideas. Daniel probably had ideas on what he was going to do the day that he was taken captive. And uh, they did not happen because he ended up in Babylon. And I think, you know, we have all sorts of plans and ideas that we try to bring to fruition in our life. But at the end of the day, it's God's purpose that will stand. Um, 
I don't know, 40 years ago, somebody built this building and thought it would be a way different church than this. I promise you that. But God had a different purpose and a different plan for this. And so he, we, you know, he's made all things new, and here we all sit. Um, Proverbs 16.9, a lot, very, very similar verse. A man's heart chooses his way, but God directs his steps. Proverbs 16.9, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 138.8. And that verse says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I think we could say that and go home. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. When you're going through, it continues on and it says, Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Finish what you started in me. That's the, the point of that. But, um, man, when you're going through something... How, how reassuring is it to know the Lord will perfect that, what, what concerns you right now. He's got it under control, you know. His purpose will stand. Um, 1 Timothy 6.12. I've got to turn to this one. Okay, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where you are called and have professed a good profession before many, many witnesses. Um, personally for me, how have I fought the good fight of faith? It's in worship. It's in a lifestyle of worship, but it's also in having verses like this in my back pocket so that when stuff comes against me, I have something to to you, something to rely on. Um, Hebrews 6.19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. This hope that he's talking about is your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today um, and you've never started your journey with Christ at the center and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, and I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not saying pray a prayer. I'm saying start a journey. Start a journey with God at the center, and it's a day-to-day -day thing. And that's why I give you verses for the day-to-day. -day. Um, one of my favorite quotes I just heard is, any idiot can, hopefully that doesn't offend anyone. Any, I'm just kidding. Any idiot can handle a crisis. The house is burning down. Anyone can get a hose and figure out we need to get the house figured out, right? But it's this day-to-day -day living that just grinds you. Right? It's not a direct quote, but it's close. It, anyone can handle one extreme crisis, but that day-to-day, -day, just stuff coming at you, and then stuff coming at you, and that, that journey, um, you know, that's where you need more. You need his grace. As we sing songs like, your grace is enough, only if you're choosing to let it be enough. Right? So my prayer, my encouragement would be, in Monday through Saturday, or whatever your days are, you know, be leaning on that grace and asking for that grace to shine through in your life, okay? Um, so we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. When we let his hope be our anchor, our soul can actually find rest. And when our soul can find rest, we can be strong examples for those around us. Um, you know, when Jesus says in, I think it's Psalm 46, he says, to be still and know that I am God. He would not invite you to do that if you couldn't actually be still. 
you can be still, believe it or not, even in 2015. Um, so the idea is take a minute, be still, know that he is God and that he is your help on your journey. I believe that's what, what Daniel did. He did it in Daniel 1, he did it in Daniel 2. You can continue to read on. Um, and he does it throughout the whole book. But when he had King Nebuchadnezzar in front of him, he had all these guys behind him, he was just journeying well. I wouldn't even say that he was doing it for them. He was just doing it for him. But through that, like Pastor Corey has said, for God's glory, for his joy, it worked out on their behalf. And that's been Pastor Corey's message through all of these, is that when we trust or when we, when we handle conflict well or when we journey well, we offer hope and encouragement to others. God gets the glory. We receive the joy. And it benefits them. It's on their behalf. Um, so, let's see. Let me hit this. John 15. I know I've got you going all over the place. Um, but this is how I think. All over the place. So, John 15, verse 7. John 15 is talking about, um, you are the, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, that's kind of the context of it. Jesus is speaking. And in verse 7, he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. And so I just wrote, um, this is what I believe that means. When we abide in him, as Daniel was abiding in him, we can be confident that he hears us and he cares about our requests, but better than that, he will perfect our requests so that they honor him. And so what you'll find, it's not a, a, a genie in a bottle. It's not a, I want this, I, as long as I'm abiding, I get whatever I want, right? No, it's as long as you're abiding, you'll want what he wants you to want. He'll make you more like him and you'll want the things that he would have you to desire. Okay, and so I can absolutely attest to that with my life. Um, I have no idea how I'm sitting up here right now. I really have no, no clue how this happened, but here I sit, and I couldn't be more at peace about it and more, um, more excited to do it. I know it probably doesn't sound like I told you. I'm low, I'm, my adrenaline ran out last night, so I don't know what I'm running on right now, but um, Dasani water, I guess. But... Uh, for real, when you, when you seek him, he will perfect your desires so that they are the desires he wants you to have. That's the takeaway. That, and, and that's what I think he did with Daniel. Um, Daniel was abiding in him. And honestly, this is the way the story went. But I, I guarantee you, because later on, Daniel gets thrown in a lion's den. Um, he's so calm. Like, in these chapters, I have to wonder if the lions even knew he was in there. Maybe that's why he survived. Like, I'm not trying. But, like, for real, he's just so chill. Like... I, I give him credit. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I guarantee you, um, had he been ripped to shreds by those lions, he would have just said, you know what, good, I get to go home early. I, this thing's all done, you know what I mean? Like his, his this posture of his soul was in such that he just wanted that relationship regardless of where God chose for it to go. And so, um, so that's what I would encourage and pray would happen in your life. Um, so let me go over those verses again. Proverbs 19.21, Proverbs 16.9, Psalm 138.8, 1 Timothy 6.12, and Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. 
if, um, if you have Christ inside you, and if you have made Christ the Lord of your life, you have a hope that anchors your soul, that puts you in a position where no matter what comes against you, you're firm and you're secure, because he's firm and he's secure. So even when you don't feel like it, he's got it. He's got it under control. Um, so if you have never made that decision, we should talk afterwards, for real. I'll be up here, Pastor Ben will be up here, and we need to talk. Uh, because there's not a better decision you could make. There's not a better, there's no other way to journey well. I'll just say it that way. It's like plain and simple, black and white. There's one way to journey well, and it's journeying with Christ. That's how the people in your life, that's how your life will be transformed, and that's how in time, it might not happen in the time frame you want. A lot of it probably won't happen in the time frame you want. Um, but if you're journeying well and you're remaining stable, um, it will rub off on those around you, and people will see it. Um, the only way you can do it, because I don't want you to think that I'm saying just be more emotionally stable and you, the people in your life will benefit, the only way you can be more emotionally stable is if he is your emotional stability. So don't, don't think I'm getting all Dr. Phil on you and trying to get you like, um, it's, not, it's not on you, it's on him, but he wants to do it in your life. So that's all I got. I told you it probably wasn't going to last an hour, but I hope... Um, I hope that you see some things in Daniel 1 and 2 uh, regarding worship. I hope you see some things in how journeying well can benefit those in front of you and behind you, above you and beneath you, however you want to look at it, because um, we have both in our lives. Um, but when, he, when Christ is the center, he will perfect whatever concerns you. His mercy is good and his love endures forever. So uh, let me pray. We're not going to close with a song. I'm just going to pray you out of here and... Um, Let's have a great week, okay? If you, um, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a rabbit trail before I pray because I totally left out seeking versus serving, and I do want to hit that. We have sign-ups in the back. Pastor Ben talked about it. I want to put that in context for you before I dismiss you. Um, don't mistake. We've asked for a lot of help this summer, and you all have stepped up in a huge way. I think we've served 5,000 snow cones. We've had 1,300 people at two different events. We have hot dogs in the freezer downstairs still from the last event that, I mean, we have just, we've gone nuts. Um, and you all have done awesome. But I do not want you, we do not want you to mistake serving God for seeking God. They are not the same thing. One creates the other. And so when you seek God, by default, you can serve him and his people better. But if, if you think, I'll, I'll go do the snow cone thing and then my walk with Christ is better, He's not coming to serve snow cones. Yeah, I mean, he'll be there, but he's not, you know. Your seeking is what gives you something to offer the people that we're serving. So my encouragement would be, and when we ask you to sign up for stuff, it's not because we love asking you to sign up for stuff. We really don't like it at all, but we do it. And so when we ask you, when we make a need known, it's because we've been pouring out, Pastor Corey's been pouring out this message all summer, and we've been hoping that as you've been seeking God in your daily life, you have something you want to pour back out into people and to serve with. That's the premise behind it. Um, Pastor Ben mentioned money. Always a fun topic to talk about. It's right up there with sex and conflict. Um, but he, he talked about money, and, you know, six months ago, seven months ago, we, we launched Conduit Kids downstairs. And I don't know how many there are this week. We had over 50 kids last week in Conduit Kids, which is crazy. Yeah, you can absolutely. That's a lot of kids. 
God bless all you people that work with all those kids. I'm so glad I get to do worship up here. But, because my wife directs it, so she'd have wrote me into it if I didn't have to do this part. Um, but for real, we, so we wanted to do it well when we decided to launch it. And we, you've seen that TV downstairs. We needed to buy that TV. And so Pastor Ben, he didn't feel like it. We didn't, nobody felt like it. But we made a need known. Hey, this is a normal thing a church should ask for. We want an 80-inch high-def television, everyone. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure people are like, those guys want an 80-inch high-def television. But because we made the need known, I was standing back where that ping-pong table is. He said, amen. And within a minute, a couple came up to me and said, dude, you want to go to uh, Erie today and buy it? I'll buy it. So we got Chipotle, and we went to Best Buy, and we bought a TV. You know what I mean? But that's why you make needs known, because if you don't make the need known, everybody just thinks, oh, these guys got it under control. They got 13 grand to just go buy sweatshirts. No. And that, so that's why we make the need known. It's, it's for his glory, for our, not for our joy all the time, but for our joy and for their behalf, for your behalf. Okay? Um, so anyways, seeking versus serving. One produces the other. But please, please, please do not think by serving um, that exempts you from your daily walk or that is, that's just a part of it. That's just the outpouring of it, you know? You love God so you can love others. You don't choose one or the other, whichever one's more comfortable for you. No, it's one produces the other. So I'm glad I thought of that. So um, sign-ups in the back. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. We need help cleaning this place. I think we've got like one or two slots left for cleaning uh, once a week. It'll be like three to four hours. Um, we need help. And why do you clean? You clean so that the other hundred some people that come don't see fruit flies coming out of the garbage can, right? That's seriously, it's that simple. You're doing it to benefit your brothers and sisters. Um, we need help, obviously, with the fun side of it. And we need help. That's funds with a D on the end, not fun, funds. And um, we need help with the serving and the sign-up sheet. So Alexis will be back there, and she'll walk you through all the different sign-ups. Whatever you want to enlist for, whatever you can enlist for, we need your help. These people, more importantly, these people need your help over the next couple weeks. So, all right, let me pray, and then we will uh, wrap this thing up. And I just pray you guys have a great week ahead of you. Lord, thank you for this teaching from Daniel. And thank you for all these awesome people that came today, worshipped you. I pray that their hearts are stirred, their hearts are prepared, and uh, that as they go into this week, they have some ammunition that they can use when stuff comes against them, and um, that by journeying well, journeying well with you, they can offer hope and encouragement to others, and others can see you through them, that by journeying with you, others will get to meet you through their life. So I just pray that over every person in this room, and if there's anyone in here right now that has not come to that realization or made that decision, I ask that you just bring them forward so we can talk to them, introduce them to you and the life that you have for them and the healing you want to offer them. And we thank you for all of these things in your name. Amen.